Welcome to Diverse City Church Sermons. We hope that you enjoy this week's message by Pastor Ray. Uh, four weeks ago, we started a series, I Am, and in week one of I Am, it was I Am the Resurrection. And I was telling you about how I Am means that God is. He, he always has been, and it's really the foundation of all of, this, of the understanding of God, that, that we need to first know that God is, that God is absolutely everything. He's not contingent on anyone or anything. Creation needs Him. He does not need creation. He, he is absolutely sovereign and in control and needs nothing. He is self-sufficient. The great I am. And then Jesus said that he was. He says, I am. And, and I talked to you, and if you haven't been here, I encourage you to go back and catch the series about the I am. And then Jesus made seven very important statements about the I am. First, he said, as we talked about in week one, I am the resurrection and the life. Week two, we talked about I am the bread of life. Then in week three, we talked about I am the good shepherd. And then last week that I was not here was I am the vine. The tree is still over there from the sermon. I heard that there was 75 people that made a commitment to connecting to the vine. And there are 75 post-it notes over there of folks who want to be connected to the vine. Amen. 75 people. That's good, isn't it? Amen. Today, I want to talk to you about where Jesus said, I am the light. He said, I am the light. And in John chapter 8, it says in verse 12 that Jesus spoke to them again and said, I am the light of the world. And he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Then in verse 13, the Pharisees therefore said to him, you bear witness of yourself. Your witness is not true. And then in verse 14, Jesus answered and said to them, even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true, for I know where I came from and I know where I'm going. But you do not know where I come from and where I am going. Then in verse 15, you judge according to the flesh, I judge no one. And yet if I do judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I am with the Father who sent me. Today, I want to really focus on verse 12, where he says, I am the light of the world. But before we look at verse 12, I want to briefly explain to you verses 13 through 16. Again, I'm only going to spend a minute here because this is not the emphasis of the text, but I do want you to be able to see what Jesus was saying. So skip verse 12 and go straight to verse 13. It says, the Pharisees therefore said to him, you bear witness of yourself. Your witness is not true. So they were saying to Jesus that you bear witness of yourself. 
So your witness is not true. The reason the Pharisees were saying this is because a witness is only true or, or the, the, what the witness said is validated and becomes creditable when there are two or three witnesses. In the Mosaic Law, it's said that things are confirmed and validated and true with two or three witnesses. And Jesus was speaking of himself and who he was, and they said, your witness is not true because you bear it yourself. There's no one else saying it. You were saying it. There needs to be other people speaking about who you are, but you're speaking about yourself. Therefore, your witness is not true. And Jesus answered and said to them, even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true. He's saying, I am truth. See, if you're human, you need two or three witnesses because you guys make mistakes. You need multiple people to confirm it to make sure it's true. But I am the truth. And because I am the truth, only one witness is necessary when it's coming from the truth. For I know where I came from, and I know where I'm going, but you all don't know. See, because Jesus knew where he came from, because in the beginning of our text, we talked about that he is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that has been made. The reason Jesus knew where he came from is because he was there in the beginning. The reason Jesus knew, knows where he'll be at the end is because he's the Omega. He says, you all may not understand, but I know absolutely everything because I am the great I am. That's what Jesus was saying. And then look at verse 15. He says, you judge according to the flesh, I judge no one. But then it says, if I but if I do judge, my judgment is true. Now, this almost seems like a contradiction because first Jesus says, I judge no one. But then he says, if I do judge. It almost seems like a contradiction because here he's saying, I judge no one. And then immediately following that, he says, if I do judge. And I want us to really see what he's saying. He's not saying he doesn't judge anyone because we know at the end that Jesus will judge. He is the judge. Amen. Somebody say amen. So Jesus will judge. He is the judge, and, and he will make judgment. He is ruling sovereign king and Lord, so we know that Jesus will judge. But what he's saying here is, I judge no one, not meaning that he will not judge as a sovereign God, but he's not simply judging based off the flesh, the exterior, and what you see. See, a lot of people say, as Christians, we don't judge. Anybody ever heard that before? You know that's a lie, right? Now, because the Bible says that you judge a tree by the fruit it bears. So we have the right to call right and wrong. If we can't call right and wrong, right and wrong, then we can't judge. So we need to be able to judge things. This is right, this is wrong. That's not, that is making judgment, calling it right or wrong, sin or not sin, good or evil. We can bear a tree by the fruit. We can, we can tell a tree by the fruit that it is bearing. But what we are not to do is start judging people based off what they look like. Judge not lest you be judged. The Apostle Paul said that the church is supposed to judge the church, but we're not supposed to judge the world. We can't hold the world to the church's standard because the world's not saved yet. But we are supposed to hold each other accountable based off what the Word says. 
So we are to be judging. Now that doesn't mean someone walks in and since their pants are sagging, that means they're a hoodlum and that they steal. That's judging. We meet a white person and we say, oh, well, you know, they're stuck up and they don't like black people because they're white. That's judging. Right? That, that, those are judgments. We, we see a Hispanic and we say, oh, you know, they're a hard worker and they probably came over on a boat. That's judging. Right? Seeing a black person and say, oh, you know, they hood. You know, they be stealing. That's judging. That's judging. But if someone comes into church and steals, I'm going to say, they a thief, bruh. That ain't judging. That's calling an apple an apple. Okay? So, so it is not right for us to look at someone and simply judge their character and judge their heart based off of what they look like. That's wrong. And what Jesus was saying is you judge according to the flesh. You're looking at the outside. All you're doing is looking at what I look like. And I don't judge people based off what they look like. Is there anybody thankful that Jesus doesn't judge you based off what you look like? Aren't you glad that God's not allowing you to go to heaven based off what you look like? Because there have been a whole lot of folks that have been, written, have been written off and you're going straight to hell with your short self. You're going straight to hell with your ugly self. You're, oh, nope, he dark, hell. You too bright, hell. Your hair too kinky, hell. Your hair too straight, hell. Bye, Felicia, hell, hell, and hell. But Jesus says, I ain't like that. Y'all judge according to the flesh. Y'all put people in boxes. Y'all make generalizations. Y'all want to like to come up with statistics and say how much of a chance it is that you won't make it because you're black. But I'm not a judge like you judge is what Jesus said. I'm glad that my God's not a judge. But don't get it twisted because modern day society will tell you that everybody will get to heaven. See, because one day Jesus is going to sit on the throne and he's going to judge all of us. But when you step up, he ain't going to look at the color of your skin, but he's going to examine the content, as Martin Luther King said, of your heart. He's going to look at our motives. He's going to look at the things we've done and we haven't done. And then he says, so yet I do judge, but my judgment's true. When I make judgments, they're true, they're valid, they're correct. It's not based off assumption. It's not based off hearsay. It's not based off what someone looks like. My judgments are true, for I am not alone, but I am with the Father who sent me. Now we go to verse 12. And he says... I am the light of the world. So he says really two things here. And the first thing that he says in verse 12 is, I am the light of the world. There's two points that I want us to get today out of this concept, I am the light of the world. And, and then following that, it's for believers. So the first part, I want us to see what Jesus is saying about himself. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. That's the first point. Jesus is the light of the world. Somebody say amen. amen. That's what we read out of John chapter 8 verse 12, that Jesus is the light of the world. Matter of fact, in John chapter 12 verse 46, it's confirmed yet again, and it says, I have come as a light into the world. Jesus came as a light into the world. 
Jesus came as a light into this dark, miserable, jacked-up, fallen world. In Psalms chapter 119 and 105, the Bible says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. What is the lamp to my feet? The word. Let's ask that again because only one person answered. What is the lamp to my feet? What is the light to my path? The word. The word is the lamp and the word is the light. Is that right? So if you want to illuminate your path, you need to get what with you? The word. The word lights up your path. See, some of us are walking down roads and we're wondering what's next, how it's going to work out, and we're fearful that we may stumble and fall. And the reason you stumble and fall and it doesn't go the way you want is because you got the wrong thing lighting your path. See, when God's not lighting your path, it's fake light. It's artificial light. But when God lights your path, things begin to make sense. I want you to know that the light that lamps are, that lights our path, the lamp is the word of God. Everybody say amen. But I want you to know in 1 John 1 and 1, the Bible says in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then it says in verse 2 that, that all things were made through him and by him, but without him nothing was made that has been made. So we know that the Word of God is Jesus. In 1 John chapter 5 and 7, unfortunately, if you read in a more modern translation, this scripture is completely taken out of the text. But in some translations, this was preserved, and it says there are three who bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, or Holy Spirit, and these three are one. This is talking about the Trinity. So we know the Father is the Father, we know the Holy Spirit's the Holy Spirit, but the Word is who? Jesus, right? The Son, to complete the triune God. So we know that Jesus is the Word of God. Everybody say Amen. Jesus is the word of God. Say amen. So that means if Jesus is the word of God, that we can go back to 1 John 1 and 1, and where it says in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. We can take the word word out, put the word Jesus in, and we can say in the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God, and all things were made through Jesus, and without Jesus, nothing was made that has been made. And then you can go down to verse 14, and you could say that Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten son. But what I need you to see is way before we beheld his glory, meaning he became in flesh as Emmanuel, Jesus already was because in the beginning was Jesus. So how in the world was Jesus always around? Because Jesus is the word of God. So what that means is any time that God the Father spoke, it was actually Jesus because Jesus is the Word of God. In Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says that God said, let there be light, and so it was, and that light was formed. And then God said, let the, the expansions of the sky separate from here, and, and then there was skies and heavens and, and clouds and stars and sun and moon, and, and all of the things were created 
created by what? The Word. The Word. Let me ask that again. Everything was created by what? The Word. The The Bible says that there's power in what? Words. There is life in death in words. If God speaks something dead over you, you're going to die. But he has spoken life over us, so guess what? We're going to live. And God began to speak and things were being created. So in the beginning, God the Father stood there and he says, I think I'm about to speak. And the moment he spoke, because his words are alive, because there's power in words. Is there power in words? Have you ever spoke to someone and you wish you could have taken it back, but it's too late? And then six years later, you're hoping they got over it, but they still haven't got over it? You want to know why they still haven't got over it? Because there's power in words. You know why there's power in words? Because you were created in the image of God. And the same word that hurts other people when you speak is the same word that created everything out of nothing. Because there is power in words. So God began to speak out of his mouth, and things started to create. And God says, well, I'm going to create the world. And he says, let there be life. And just because he's so powerful, when he spoke, things were created. And now in the book of 1 John, also in Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 17, the apostle Paul says in Colossians, he says that Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creatures, and that all things were made by Jesus. And nothing was made without Jesus. How in the world, if Jesus is only 2,000 years old, how did he create millions of years ago? If Jesus is only 2,000 years old, then how did he speak man into existence 7,000 years ago? Easy. Jesus is the word of God. 2,000 years ago, the word became flesh. But way before that, the word was already around. The word has always been around. And that's why Jesus said things like, I can't do anything except what my father says. I abide in him and he abides in me. Me and the father are one. Because Jesus is one with his father because Jesus is the word of God. Let me give you another example. If I decided to pull my phone out and send you a nice text and say, I think you're ugly, I don't like you, I wish you wouldn't come back to church no more, and then I hit send, and it gets over to you, and it says, it says Pastor Ray, you know, because you got me saved in your, in your phone, and it says, you're ugly, I don't like you, I wish you wouldn't come back to church anymore, and I got this thrown up, right? And then after that it says 100, you know the 100? 100, under... And then, you, and then you stop coming to church. And then like four months later, because I like to save money, you see me at Aldi. Aldi. Shout out to Aldi. I'm out in Aldi getting my super savings. You can coupon all you want. I'm getting deals of a lifetime at Aldi every day. No coupons necessary. So I'm in Aldi shopping. You know, I'm just shopping. I'm getting it in, right? And you see me, and I'm like, hey, how you doing? And you're kind of standoffish. I'm like, why are you staying offish? I ain't seen you in eight months and you mad at me. That's because you sent me a text message. I kept it. I still got it. So you pull it out and you show me, you done screenshot it. And you show, show me the text where it says, I think you ugly. I hate you. I wish you'd leave the church and never come back. Deuces, 100. And I said, no, no, that wasn't me. Then who was it, pastor? That was my word. That was just my word. That was just me texting. That wasn't me. That was the word. 
So your word's not you? No, my word's not me. My word is separate from me. That'd be delusional, crazy, need to go to loony bin. Would you agree? See, because sometimes people think that they can speak something out of their mouth, but yet not be held accountable to it. The Bible says that we will give an account for every idle word that we speak. That means it doesn't matter what we speak. We can speak it educate with educated uh, uh, thought and reason behind it. Or we can speak something quick and stupid out of our mouth. We can speak something with no emotion. Or we can speak something with high emotion. And regardless, we will give an account for every single word that we speak. Because you cannot separate your words from your character. You cannot separate your words from your heart. Matter of fact, the Bible says, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. See, the things that you speak are connected to what your heart is. You say, I don't know why I keep cussing people out. I do because your heart's jacked up. I don't know why I keep lusting on women, talking about I want to see them like this, that, and that. I do. You got a heart issue. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. So, so we can always examine who we are based off the things we're speaking. Because we will be accountable by our words because our words are who we are. But yet we don't understand how Jesus is able to say, I'm one with the Father. How can he be one with the Father? That doesn't make sense. It's actually pretty simple. He's the Word of God, so that means he can only do what God the Father says because he can only be what God the Father is because he is the Word of God. Amen, Pastor. I never knew Jesus like that till today. I'm tired of people thinking Jesus is just another prophet, just another cute picture that you hang on your picture frame. We need to stop comparing Jesus to, uh, uh, to Mohammed, to Buddhists, and to all these other prophets and good men that came and changed our world because I need you to know that Jesus is not a prophet. He's not a savior. He's not the Messiah. He's not a good man, not a good political figure, not a lover of your soul. Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords who every knee will bow and tongue confess because he is the word of God and in the beginning Jesus was there he's always been there you cannot separate him from God because he is God oh I'm preaching to somebody today see everybody wants to get upset and act like they know who he is but most people don't know who he is that's why Jesus said who do men say that I am and they said well some say you're John the Baptist some say you're Jeremiah some say you're Elijah some say you're one of the prophets and Jesus said I'm tired of what people saying about me what I want to know is who do you say that I am and Peter jumped up and says you are you are Jesus you are the Christ the son of the living God he says I know you Jesus my community don't know you my church folk don't know you my family don't know you they think you're a good man a good prophet but you're the king of kings and lord of lords and in the beginning you were there and at the end you'll still be there everything was made by Jesus People think Trinitarians are polytheistic and we believe in many gods. But as a Trinitarian, we don't believe in one God, three gods. We believe in one God and his name is Mighty Counselor, Wonderful Father, Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, Word of God, Omnipotent Father, Omnipresent King of Kings, and every knee will bow. And it's not to no other name but Jesus. And I say this to you because Jesus said, I am the light of the world. 
But in Psalms, it says that the word is the lamp to your feet. But yet Jesus said that he's the light to the world. How can the word be the lamp to your feet if Jesus is the light to the world? Pretty simple. Jesus is the lamp to your feet because Jesus is the word of God. And Jesus is the light to your path because Jesus is the word of God. And the thing that came into our world and exposed darkness was light. But the light was Jesus, and Jesus is the Word. The thing that exposes darkness is the Word. I didn't mean to preach like this today. But when you go, when you go to Africa and preach 17 times and see people delivered and set free, you come back here a little bit angry. I'm mad at y'all. I'm mad at y'all. Y'all half out, half dead, dead beats. You need to get in love with Jesus again. They ain't got no running water, no electric, picking meals every day, no refrigerator, same clothes, but they're up there at church walking for miles saying, I just want the glory of God, but here we won't come because the time has changed and it's too hot and it's raining and God says, I'm ready to shake some stuff up and bring life back to my people in Jesus' name. We need God to put a fire in us again. We need a fire from the Lord. Lord, I'm in America. Can you tell me, can you let me tone it down a little bit? I ain't supposed to preach like this in America, Lord. Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus brightens up the world. Jesus brought hope to the world. Jesus revealed which way to go to the world. Jesus exposed sin to the world. When Jesus came in the world and said he's the light of the world, he's illuminating some stuff. He's lighting up some dark corners. He's bringing light to some dark crevices. He's bringing light to some areas that you've been trying to hide and close and act like didn't exist. But Jesus came and said, I'm the word of God and I'm the light of God and I'm going to expose everything that you don't want exposed I'm going to illuminate I'm going to light up and I'm going to bring hope to you I'm going to reveal some things to you I'm going to brighten up your day I'm going to light up your path and I'm going to give you hope again is anybody glad that Jesus is the light of the world hallelujah He is the Word of God. First, John 5 and 7, John 1 and 1 through 1 and 3, Colossians 1 and 15 through 17, Genesis chapter 1. We'll see the Word. We'll see that there's power in the words, and, and Jesus is the Word, and all power has been given to him. Now he shows up on the scene and he says, I am the light of the world. How in the world can Jesus possibly be the light of the world? Because the word of God is the light of the world. What exposes sin? The word of God. What brings us hope? The word of God. What shows us what we're doing good? The word of God. What shows us that we're jacked up? The word of God. What shows us we need a savior? The word of God. 
which shows us where we are and where we need to be, the Word of God. And Jesus is the Word of God. That's why he said, I am the light because everything is contingent upon him. It is absolute darkness without Jesus. There is absolute chaos without Jesus. There is absolute confusion without Jesus. There is no standard without Jesus because Jesus is the standard because the Word is the standard. Jesus is everything. And then in John chapter 8, we go back to it. Look at verse 12 again. And he says, then Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. So now we know that Jesus is the light of the world because he's the word of God. But then he goes on to say, he who follows me shall not walk in darkness but have the light of life. Now, now this is actually a challenging part. The first part made you feel good. This part's going to make you feel miserable. Hallelujah. You know, the Lord's a good God. He'll make you feel good and bad. He, he'll, he'll make you feel real good, encouraging you, but then he'll beat you up with his conviction. Has anybody ever had the Lord hit him? Oh, I hate getting hit by the Lord. Boy, he tearing me up. I feel miserable for weeks, sometimes days, I don't know. But, you know, you just, you feel bad. And, and, and that's my goal today. My day, I already made you feel good. Now I will make you feel real bad. No, I'm just messing with you. But he says, I am the light of the world. Then he says, he who follows me shall not walk in darkness. Look what that says. I'm the light of the world, so you're going to follow me. So if you're following me and I'm the light, then you're supposed to be a light. That's what he's saying. He says, if you're going to follow the light, then that means that you should not be in darkness. How many Christians do you all know that's in darkness? Lots. 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 Oh, but Jesus knows. Last night I went out. I was at the barber shop, and somebody said they 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 went off. They was kind of they was who hopping. Then they was doing some stuff. They was clowning. And after they was clowning, they said, "Oh, pastor, I didn't know you was here." I said it's all good. And they said, "God knows my heart." And I said, "He sure does. <laughs> yes, he does. Oh, yes, he does know it. Now, I know you mean that he is good, but no, it ain't. He knows it's jacked up." See, because a lot of us have been taught that it's okay to be in darkness as long as we profess Jesus as Lord. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that Jesus said to them, I am the light. And if you follow the light, you should be in the light. He didn't say, if you follow the light, you'll be in darkness. That doesn't even make sense. But for some reason, we've allowed modern-day Christianity to tell us that we can be in darkness but follow light. That's not, that's not biblical. That's not in the Scriptures. You won't find it. Anyone who says they love God yet they don't keep His commandments is a liar and the truth isn't in Him. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says things like, if you love me, keep my commandments. Anyone who says they love me but doesn't keep my commandments is a liar. James says that, that, that we are to show our faith by what we do. We're to be doers of the word and not hearers only. The Bible is full of scriptures talking about the mandate of us as light followers becoming light. But yet Christianity in America tells you that you can be in the darkness but follow light. And Jesus shows up on the scene and says, I'm the light of the world. I'm the word of God. Everything is contingent upon me. Everything hangs on me. I am hope. I am the standard. I am everything. And then he says, and if you follow me, you should become light too. See, this is where it gets quiet. 
Because so many Christians have become okay with being in darkness. We've become okay. Oh, well, it's just a little witchcraft. They're just white witches. The Bible says that it's wrong. Oh, but it's just a little bit. You know, I'm still a virgin. Yeah, but you played on every base for the last 18 years. Oh, but I'm just, I'm just smoking a little of this. I'm just doing this because it is. No, the Bible says clearly X, Y, and Z. And every one of us are able to justify in our own heads and heart why it's okay for us to be in darkness as long as we follow the light. And Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, you shouldn't be in darkness. See, and this is where people start not liking me, and this is why our church don't grow. I mean, it's growing. But it doesn't grow as fast as other churches because we're not always cool. Because lots of people want the stuff that tickle your ears and make you feel good. You want to be told that you can do anything and you can accomplish everything and you'll be a millionaire. God loves you where you are. But can I tell you, God does love you where you are, but you'll be accountable if you don't grow and leave. God wants us to grow in him and become changed and transformed by his glory. And we fall in love with the light and want to be in the light. We cannot say we love the light, but yet we're walking in darkness. Because if you love the light, you leave the darkness. And he says, he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And we know the light of life is the word of God. And we know the word of God is Jesus. So, so really what we're supposed to be doing is we're supposed to be people that are full of Jesus, full of his word, and we know who he is. We meditate on it. We have it in our heart, and we live it. We live this thing out everywhere we go. Yes, we make mistakes. Yes, we fall. Yes, we fall short. Yes, we mess up. Yes, we disappoint God. No one's perfect. The Bible says no one's without sin, and he who says they are without sin, they got a problem. We all have issues. We all fall short. We all make mistakes. We're all going to disappoint God and disappoint others and hurt people because we're human. But there's a difference between habitual darkness and occasional darkness. There's a difference between the electric company turning my light off for, you know, a day and me living in darkness for a year. There's a difference. Every once in a while you're going to go through something, but God forbid you live in darkness. The Bible says anybody born of God does not continue to sin. What that says actually in the King James is anyone born of God sinneth not. And what that means is anyone that's born of God, anyone that is following the light is not habitually in darkness. We should not be habitually, continuously, day in and day out in darkness. We should be delivered from darkness and be walking in the light. That this is what God wants for you. And I want to encourage you to know that God is the word and God is the light and God is all righteousness. God is all power and authority. And God wants you to walk hand in hand with him and become who he is and look at your past and say, I'm gone. I'm out of here. And you start following the Lord 150%. This is what God has for his people. See, God wants us to follow him, follow him. So that's why this next point is we are the light of Jesus. 
So we know that Jesus is the light of the world, but now we see that we are the light of Jesus. Everybody say amen. amen. You are the light of Jesus. We're going to go straight Baptist up in here. Look at your name and say, you are the light of Jesus. Y'all ain't, look, y'all ain't Baptist enough. Look at your neighbor and say, you are the light of Jesus. All right, now look, we're going to mix it up. Look at your other neighbor and say, am I shining? Now, don't answer him. Don't answer. Don't answer. But, but we, we need to, we need to shine and shine bright. We need to be shining like a 100 watt, 150 watt, 500 watt incandescent LED, whatever, some sort of bulb. We need to be producing so much light that we are lighting up darkness. When you go to work, do you light the room up? When you're at home, are you lighting up the place? Do people want to be around you or do they run from you? See, because people want to be around light. But people run from dark. Oh, I got time for that. Oh, here they go again. It's like walking on eggshells. They so angry and mean. I put a post on Facebook because I was at the airport and everybody had a mean mug on their face. And I saw, man, they need some joy in their life. And then the Lord says to me, ain't no different than the church people. And I said, you got that right, Lord. That don't nobody smile. They talk about the joy of the Lord and look as bad and miserable and angry as everybody else does. And we talk about the joy of the Lord. We talk about the light of Jesus, the word of God, the joy of God, the peace of God. And we're the most ignorant, mean, stubborn, miserable people around. And we wonder why the church don't grow. It's because don't nobody want to follow no mean, stubborn, ugly, joyless, peaceless, miserable people. We need to ask God to give us a revival and give us the light of Christ that when we walk in the room our smile is big our laughter's big our peace is contagious our joy is so just so vibrant and people saying I want what you got and you say follow me on Sunday morning to 3201 Atasca Street because God is doing a new thing in my life but people don't want to follow no darkness Lord, I'm in America. I'm in America. Slow down now. Slow down. We need the Lord to illuminate us. We need to lo- the Lord to illuminate us. Look what it says in John 12 and 46, back to the same scripture. It says, I have come as a light into the world. Same thing. Remember the first part of John chapter 8, Jesus was saying, I am the light of the world. And then it says, whoever follows me should leave darkness and come into the light. Well, now in John 12 and 6, he's saying, I have come as a light into the world. And now look at the second part of this compound sentence. Whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. We shouldn't abide in darkness. Look what it says in John chapter 1 and 4. It says, in him was life. This is talking about Jesus. In him was life. So in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. All things were made through him. Without him, nothing was made. It's been made. And then it says, in him was life. Talking about Jesus. In Jesus was life. And the life was the light of men. 
Now, now here's what I want you to see about this scripture. I looked this up in many different translations and versions of the Bible because I was trying to figure out what it meant when it said light of men. And, and here's what I really believe John was trying to reveal to us about the light. Notice it doesn't say light for men. In the book of Psalms, we read in 119.109 that the light is a lamp to our feet. That, that it is a light to our path. So we know that the light is for men because the light is for us. It's to guide us. It's to steer us. It's to illuminate our paths. It's to help us. It's to convict us. It's to encourage us. It's to bring hope to us. So we know the light is for men, right? Or women. It's for us, right? But here it says the, it, the light is of men, So this isn't talking about for, it's talking about of. And it says, and the life was the light of men. What that means is any light that you have in you, any good thing that's in you, any righteousness that's in you, any holiness that's in you, any love for humanity that's in you, anything that's in you that is good is of God because it's the light of men. Meaning all the light you have came from the light of all lights, which is Jesus. And if Jesus decided to pack up and leave this world for one hour, there would be be no light in any of us because we only have light because of him that's why the bible says that all good things come from above and then it says we can do nothing good without him because everything good comes from him amen pastor Matthew chapter 4 and 14, it says, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. See, because there's a light that's in you. That light that's in you is from Jesus. It's from the word. And it's saying that you now are the light of the world in Matthew 4 and 14. You are the light of the world. And you are a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. No, they put it on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the household. And then it says, so let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds. Some say good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So what Matthew is showing us is is that Jesus is saying that he's the light And that the light is for us, but anything that's good that's in us comes from the light. And that we are to shine. Our lights are to shine. Let your light shine before men. That people at work, that people at school, that people at the gym, people at the grocery store, people on your street, people when you're taking a walk, your neighbors, your family, when you go to events, that your light will shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and then in turn glorify God and say, where does your light come from? And you say, nothing but Jesus because I was an alcoholic and God set me free. Where does your joy come from? It ain't nothing but Jesus because I've been miserable and on depression meds all my life. Where in the world did you get your freedom from? It ain't nothing but Jesus because I've been anxious and taking anxiety medicine for the last 30 years. Where in the world did you get this from? It ain't nothing but Jesus. And then all of your light points straight to the main source of light. And then people 
want to start coming to the light because they are watching your light. But when you don't have a light, people don't follow the light because they don't know what the light is. We are the tangible, physical hands and feet of Jesus. That's why the Apostle Paul said that we're the body of Christ. And when they see us, they see him. How many people have you brought to church with you? Many? Not many? How many people have you led to Jesus? A lot? Not many? The reason you lead people to Jesus is not because of the scriptures that you can quote. It's because of the light that you got shining. Your light leads people to Jesus. Oh, pastor, I don't know that. No, I know it. Because I came here nine years ago with a light shining. I left a very good job, making very good money, and came here and became bivocational for the first five or six years of the ministry. And there was eight people here. And, and I didn't know what we were going to do or how we were going to do it. But let me tell you what, I had a light shining. And all I know how to do is to let my light shine wherever I go. If I'm playing basketball, I'm going to talk trash. I'm going to do my best to bust threes on you. I'm going to cross you up. I'm going to take you to the hole. But my light's going to be shining the whole time. I'm not coming to lose. When I play, I play to win. I'm competitive. I'm out to get you. I'm out to get a W because I want to win. I don't want to lose. But whether I win or lose, my light will keep shining. See, we don't need to become some sissified punk people that just walk around and say, oh, I'm the light of Jesus. Hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Praises go up. Blessings come down. Washed by the blood of the Lamb. You washed by the blood. Hallelujah. Sanctified Holy Ghost filled. No. No, we don't need to become super spiritual and crazy on some super mountaintop cloud nine, irrelevant to the community and culture you're around. God says, I want you to keep being you. You go back to the same place. Use a hood dude from North City. Go back to the hood, bruh. God's saying, take your light back to the corner of Maffet and, and, and to wherever else. I want you to go to the hood. You a South City boy? Get in South City for the glory of God. You're an educator? Take your light to the school. You're a nurse? Take your light to the school. Take your light to the hospital. Where you work? You a cashier? You need to go to Walmart lit up. You better go to Target lit up. You cook? You better cook and let that light shine. You better go wherever you go and let your light shine that people begin to want what you've got because they see something on you and when they begin to ask you questions you say man my life was jacked up this ain't nothing but the glory of God amen pastor Ray I believe the Lord's about to light some of y'all up y'all been operating on like three watts for too long Y'all got that bootleg light. You know those lights they used to advertise on TV where you cranked them? Anybody, who's got one of those, those crank lights? Of course, Virginia's got one. Miss Carolyn, of course you've got one. My, yep, all my preppers got them. All my preppers, all the preppers got them. The same people that the crank lights got like meals stored away 
like they've got military meals stored away and bottles of water and, and water filtration systems through a straw and they got a book bag ready for when the apocalypse happens and zombies break out and they got rounds of ammunition for weeks on at a time. See, these are those crank lights, but the problem with the crank lights is they're bootleg and they very, very rarely, seldom produce enough light for you to see. It needs to be real, real, real dark for you to see those lights. If I lit one of those bootleg lights up right here, right now, it couldn't even be seen because it's so dim. Can I tell you that most Christians in our world today are only able to shine enough to barely be seen? And the only time you can be seen is when you get around your real dark friends? And God is saying, I don't want your light to only shine around really, really dark friends. I want you to go into a church. I want you to go around good people, righteous people, holy people, and you still shine brighter than anybody around you. Who oh, I'm talking to somebody today. God's ready to light you up and put you on fire that you can bright, shine, illuminate, and fill up the atmosphere for the glory of God. Let me tell you about three kind of lights, and I got to get out of here. I really got to go. I don't know where I'm going, but I feel like we need to close. So there's three kinds of lights. Just so you know, all I did was lay a foundation. I ain't even give you no points yet. No, I'm just messing. I'm just messing. See, let me tell you how they work over in Kenya. I felt like I had to close, and I said, I got to close. And the pastor says, no, 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 he comes up. And he comes up. How many more points can he give? Just one? Five! <laughs> Keep preaching, pastor. Keep preaching. I said, okay, here we go. So spotlight. The first thing we need to be is a spotlight. Everybody say spotlight. Very important. The definition of a spotlight is a strong beam of light that illuminates only a certain area. It's used especially to center attention on a stage. Imagine all of these lights out all through the room. The stage lights are all out and it's completely dark in here and we can't see anything. Maybe you go to a play at the Fox Theater or wherever you happen to go and it's completely dark. And the next thing you know, there's one light that is the focal point and illuminates one person sitting or standing right here. This is a spotlight. A spotlight is able to carve through all of the darkness and only put focal light on one specific thing. The thing that's interesting about a spotlight is even though the spotlight is up there, it doesn't light up up there. The bulb is up there, but the light is down here. Can I tell you, we as Christians need to be a spotlight that illuminates Jesus. And while we are down here lighting up the things for God, it's really pointing to him center stage, center stage of who he is. Does that make sense? Because when our lights shine before men, that what happens is he gets all the glory. And when we allow our lights to shine like a spotlight, God gets all the glory in the midst of who we are. The second light that we should be is a lighthouse. 
Not only should we be a spotlight to give glory to God, but we should be a lighthouse. A lighthouse, by definition, is a structure or a tower with a powerful light that simply blinks like this, continuously giving signal to marines and to boats. It's a navigation system that is simply giving direction to people that's on water. It's dark out. They can't see anything around them. They don't know what lies ahead. They don't know where the boundary lines are. They're scared of what they may hit. They're wondering if they're going the right way. And all they can see is this one bulb way ahead. They can't see around them. It's still dark. They can't make sense of what's going on. But they have a directional focus. They have a GPS system that is leading them where they need to go. Can I tell you that God wants you to give him glory by the light that you live, but your light should also be a GPS system that is bringing sense to people's chaos and showing them which way they're supposed to go when they have no way to go at all. Amen. The third light that you ought to be is you should be a lamp. Remember, the spotlight gives glory to God. The GPS light, the lighthouse, gives direction, gives direction to people's life. But the lamp, see the lamp's a lot different than the other two lights because a lighthouse does not produce light for people in darkness. The focal point light, the, the stage light, the spotlight, this does not bring light to darkness. It only gives glory to God. But the lamp, no one would bring a spotlight that we have in the church and use it at their home because it wouldn't do the job. It wouldn't do the job. You couldn't take a lighthouse and bring it to the church and expect it to do the job. It wouldn't do the job. It takes a lamp. And when you go in your house and you flick your switch, a lamp comes on or a light comes on on the ceiling. And this light lights up the room. And here's what I thought about. I thought that every Christian should be shining that when they enter a dark room, not only do they give God glory... Not only are they bringing navigational uh, 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 direction to people, but they're also lighting up the room. I know lots of Christians who point to God. They tell people which way to go, but they can't light up a room. Did you hear what I said? God doesn't just want you to glorify Him. And point to God. God doesn't just want you to tell people which way to go. God wants you to enter a room that's dark and bring light. To enter a room that's full of tension and bring calm. He wants you to enter a room of hostility and bring peace. He wants you to enter a room full of mourning and weeping and bring laughter and joy. The light of Jesus has the ability to go in some dark places 
and bring light. And this is what you and I are supposed to be. Now, being a light means that we need to prepare to go in darkness. Did you hear that? Being in the light and walking in the light and, and being a light means that you need to be prepared to go into darkness. Most of you don't want to go into darkness. You need to be okay with going into darkness. We need to be okay with going into difficult situations and being around difficult people and having people rub us the wrong way. I thank God that Jesus wasn't like church people. See, church people will only be around church people. But Jesus wants to the prostitutes and the sinners and the tax collectors and people criticize them. It says, what are you doing? If you knew who they were, you wouldn't be with them. And they said, if you, he was saying, if you knew who I was, you'd understand why I'm with them. See, we, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what people are saying. Oh, how are you going to bring them to church? I can't believe you're spending time with them. It doesn't matter what you think about me. If you knew Jesus like I knew Jesus, you'd be in the dark places too. Because we need to go light those places up and bring people out of darkness into the marvelous light and show them that God is able. We need to be okay with being stretched. We need to be okay with being pulled and being made feel uncomfortable. We need to be okay with being around people that are not like us and don't talk like us and act like us. Can I tell you that I was very, very, very uncomfortable in Kenya. Now, I'm going to close right now. You got to remember, y'all are going to think I'm crazy. I didn't tell this story before I left because y'all would have thought I wasn't coming back. But I'll tell you now. Someone in the United States uh, came to the church one day and said, Pastor, I'd like you to come to Kenya. And I said, okay, maybe we'll think about it. He says, okay, see you later, bye. And he left, literally, just like that. Y'all heard me, right? The conversation was 30 seconds long. I don't know him. I don't know anybody that he knows, and he doesn't know anybody that I know. I don't know where he came from. But a month or two months later, he reached out to me and says, can you come to Kenya through Facebook? And I said, let's go. Felt led to go, so we came. I don't know the dude. I didn't know his last name until I got there. Nandi, Bishop Nandi. I didn't know he was a bishop. I didn't know nothing. And I, and I, and I planned a trip to Nairobi. And, you know, I could fit in with anybody, I thought. You know, I'm like, hey, my daddy black, my mama white, I look Hispanic. Like, I'm cool, bro. I fit in with everybody. I'm cool. Not, look, not in Kenya. Because in Kenya, I'm white, like straight up. They called me a Mazungu. A Mazungu is a white person. And I said, hold up, hold up. I said, I've never been white before. You're saying I'm white? I got mad. Because... I know white people's like, why are you mad? Why are you mad? <laughs> I can't believe my pastor said he was mad because he really, you should be happy. I was like, hold on, hold on. I get around black people, they think I'm black. I get around white people and they think I'm white and I'm around you and I'm white. I'm a Mazungu. What's a Mazungu? Is a Mazungu anybody less than black? You, don't, you mean like brown and white, right? I'm walking down the villages and people, kids are coming up behind me and I feel them behind me. Like, this is not a joke. I'm walking. Now, there's kids behind me. Next thing you know, they jump up and touch my hair. Because they've never felt a Mazungu's hair before. It's really slick, just like I saw in the pictures, mommy. 
And, and I was like a fish out of water, man. And, and, and I went into some places that I was very concerned that I wasn't going to come back. For real. And because there was lots of people, 43 million people in Kenya, just like 30, 40 years ago, there was 3 to 4 million. 40 million people has, has, has populated over the last 40 years. 40 years. You're in the most rural areas of Kenya, and it's still like hundreds of thousands of people. It, it's just phenomenal. And I'm like the only one there, and, and it's, it was very uncomfortable for me. Very uncomfortable for me. Very uncomfortable. For two weeks, I had to listen to people talk about stuff that I had no clue what they were talking about, and I just hoped they weren't talking about me. Right? I, I mean, I'm just trying to play. I'm just, I, I, but the Lord kept saying to me, I called you to be a light. Sometimes, right, when you're going to be a light, you're going to go places that rub you wrong. It's uncomfortable. It doesn't feel real good. And can I tell you that God was with me the entire way, and I let my light shine as bright as I could and saw so many people at the altar every single service. I saw people revived, transformed, set free by the glory of God because I just took a stand and said, anywhere I go, whether I like it or I don't, whether I feel good or I don't, whether it's comfortable or uncomfortable, I'm going to do my best, God, to shine as bright as I can and let the whole world see it. And I want you all every one of you to take a challenge to go back to your Kenya to go back to your uncomfortable situations, to go back to your dark places, to go back to those situations that you wish you didn't have to deal with and I know it's hard being a light right now because everything's so messed up and dark around you but can I just prophesy light over you? Can I just prophesy joy over you? Can I prophesy a contagious joy and peace that people's going to begin to want what you've got and you can tell them it ain't nothing but God and that this place will begin to fill up and lives are going to be changed and our city's going to be one for God's glory because you took a stand to go where you didn't want to go and be the light that maybe you didn't want to be but you said God it's not about me it's all about you it's all about these people and God I just want to be a small part of what you're doing in this city and I challenge you to take your light wherever you go, country, the suburbs, the hood, trailer parks, and you go back there and you shine as bright as you can. And you be the light of Jesus Christ. And we begin to change this city for the glory of God through the lights of Jesus. Let's stand up all over this place. Father, I thank you for your word that went forth today. I know that it was you because this is not how I planned on this message being delivered today. But I, I believe that, that the people that are here were meant to be here. And, and, and everything that has happened today was supposed to happen. And, and then at this moment, in this moment, that, that God, you are beginning to birth a fresh light in your people. And that's what I pray, Father, a fresh light. Spotlights all through this building. Lighthouses all through this building. Lamps all through this building. Giving direction. Giving glory to God. And lighting up every place they go. Father, I pray lights. 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 Hide it under a bushel. No. We're going to let it shine. Lights, Lord. Lights. Lights, Father. 
Lord, we give you glory. We give you honor. We thank you. We bless you. We exalt your holy name. And we ask that your will to be done in each of us. And Lord, we close this prayer in the mighty name of Jesus. And we, the people of God, say amen, amen, and amen. I'm sorry for the long message, but God bless you. I feel like the Lord has done something great in many of y'all's lives today. If anyone wants to receive Jesus, these all. Thank you for joining us and we hope this message blessed you. 